Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. Welcome to this episode what, what? of the Connection Loop podcast. There he is, Mr. Oh, Jay we- Skinner. We're live. Hey, <laughs> Welcome, Jay Skinner. It is so nice to have you here on the Connection Loop podcast from Dub. And I'm so psyched to talk to you about the biggest problems and solutions. I'm glad to be here. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So we're going to get into sales problems and sales solutions, more importantly. I am just work. I, and by the way, Ruben, forgive me for I was playing, but uh, I am here on the Starship Enterprise operating four different screens, having the time of my life. And here you are. Want to talk to me? I am so happy. I, I even had stuff vibrating and echoing in the background. Can you believe it? Um, nice. Well, likewise, Jay, thank you so much. Um, what I'm interested to kick things off with is to talk about the vice president of excuses. We all know him or her. Uh, we know we've heard the excuses before. Uh, what are the common ones in sales? Uh, these leads are no good. That's an old classic. Um, so, you know, people about, are taking too much to buy. Go ahead. I mean, I'm just thinking the vice president of excuses is, is, and, and these guys that are listening that are business owners, uh, CEOs and presidents, uh, some of them have gotten so used to it that they, they hear it and it doesn't phase them at all. And I just go nuts. And what it is, it's their vice president of sales and marketing that comes into the meeting and they talk about revenue and, uh, and the guy says, well, he blames it on the economy or their target markets or or these got a billion excuses when the bottom line is and the vice president of sales and marketing, I really believe what he should be saying is, well, boss, it's me. Insufficient prospecting, presenting and closing. So things are down out there in the world a little bit, but I just need to do more of it. That's mm. the real answer. So we need to go from VP of excuses to VP of accountability, self-accountability to be specific. Exactly. And what is what is the process uh, to to attain that enlightenment, to realize that, hey, it actually all comes down to me. I am the problem and I am the solution. Well, one of the one of the big things is that. The, I talk about these guys. I've sat in too many boardrooms, been through, you know, over the last 40 years, 30 years, 40 years. <laughs> it was like, um, I've been in the boardrooms with presidents who are trying to find the answer. And they sit across from these guys that are supposed to be big time sales guys. And the excuses flow. And then I get to talking to them a little bit and say, hey, man. When's the last time you read a book on sales and selling? Mm, you know, while well, you know, it's like uh, Zig Ziglar. You know, I listened to a tape in 1968. You know, and it's like, it's like, when's the last time you attended a seminar? When's the last time you did anything to help make yourself better and go from being some 
somebody that was a hack that was pretty good at selling and convincing people to do stuff to becoming like having a master's in it and being awesome at mm -hmm. it. And the fact is that high percentage of people out there that are in the position of being a top sales guy, supposedly haven't read a book, gone to a seminar, watched a webinar, done anything to try to get better for months and probably years and years and years. I mean, I have one guy, head of vice president of sales and marketing I was working with. And it was like, he was still telling me about this one seminar he went to like 15 years earlier. And he had one saying, one phrase he took away from it. And he's still using that. And that's what he hangs his hat on. Like the big deal. Is it, the uh, way it hangs. Is it the ABCs of selling by any chance? Could be. Always be closing. <laughs> How about this one? AIDA. And you know what? A-I-D-A, -A, the great, you know. The attention, great, interest. It's attention, decision, interest, action. desire, and action. And it's like, I'll tell you what. AIDA is you know, You know what this is for? What? This is coffee. This is coffee, and this is for openers. All right. This is this, this is, is relationship openers. Hey, look at look at this. We got we both got one. Nice. I like it. <laughs> nice. Green tea for openers. All right. <laughs> uh, so we we have this idea of it's a simple sentence. It's a simple quote. They won't buy later if you upset them now, and that that terminology that phrase seems to resonate with you a lot um take me through that well the the it's simple as this is that we're all taught to to attack the sale or attack the prospect and go after closing you know we use the word closing we all all of us use the word closing i mean my closest friends like jeffrey gittimer and and tony alessandra and doug wing who else have i got here victoria labam but just to name a few, and, and all of them, probably, we all tend to use the word closing to talk about making a sale. But the truth is, is that what we're trying to do is present or create an atmosphere where people want to buy. One of my good friends, uh, I mentioned Je Jeffrey Gittimer, and I always talk about him and says, you know, people love to buy they don't want to be sold is in the essence of one of his great quotes people don't like being sold but they love to buy and um, so creating an atmosphere where people are interested in what you've got they're attracted to you they want to work with you then good things can happen if i'm closing them and it's like oh my gosh i remember i mean I think it's good if guys have been through all the hard training, but if they have bought a, if, a, if one of the listeners here has ever had to buy windows or a vacuum cleaner or cemetery property pre-need in their house, they may have been subject to some of these incredible sales techniques. I mean, I remember one where a guy taught me to drop my pen and let it slide down the piece of paper in front of the customer so they'd pick it up and they'd be ready to sign. Unbelievable. And then we talk about other techniques, you know, the Ben Franklin clothes where you're going to get people to do things and it makes them so uncomfortable. And I remember one thing that, I mean, it was just when people learn about building rapport and, and how to get into the hearts and minds of the people they're dealing with. When I train people, I say, what I'm training you to do, you must only use for good. 
period. Mm -hmm. Because the power can be used any way you want to. And there's some people that use it badly. And if you walk into a customer and you achieve instant rapport almost instantly because of you know how to work with them. I say get in their quadrant and, and uh, uh, relate to them, not be disingenuous, but just have great manners to relate to them. And then you start suggesting things. You can guide them down a path that's not right. And I suggest that you only use this power and this information for good. And closing them makes them very uncomfortable. It was right. manipulative. And we're not well, going to do it. And they won't want you back. Well, I think the, the problem is that so many people have either been hurt or have heard of other people that have been hurt. And we mm -hmm. have now become a very, very self-protective, uh, very self-preservationist focused society. Yes. Uh, I know I feel that way. You know, when the phone rings, when I get an email, uh, hey, your, your credit card needs to be updated. Click on this link. You know, all, all sorts of self-defense mechanisms start to trigger. And I say, um, who's out there? What's the bad actor? What's the black hole that I can fall into here? Yeah. And then I try to make smarter choices. So uh, the people, the, the good the good ones, the good guys like you who are trying to provide value um, and the good guys like me obviously are faced with the same challenge where now we need to punch through that noise and we need to earn trust as we quickly as quickly as we possibly can, which is not easy to do, but it's still not impossible. It just takes, it just takes effort. Yes. And one of the things that we need to remember when we're dealing with people is we're dealing with people. Yeah. We need to respect them and we need to understand how they are and use good manners. I mean, think about this. If I want to establish rapport with someone and, uh, I'm all jumpy and hyper and I'm playing the piano and saying, yep, yippee, skippy. And they happen to be way laid back, quiet, analytical, and a little bit wondering whether or not they're glad I'm here. If it might be in their living room or meeting face to face somewhere. If I come off like that, this the defenses are going to go up. I need to recognize who they are, how they are, and be polite. And gentle down, gentle relax, mm. and, and kind of. Do you have you ever had a situation, Ruben, where you went into a sales environment? Maybe you were buying a car, you were buying a refrigerator, or you're looking for furniture or something, or you weren't, and you just happened to walk in there, and you just love that salesperson. You guys clicked. It's like we're brothers from another mother. Yeah, and at that point, it's like. If you needed what they were selling, you were going to buy it because we love to buy from people that are like us. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I can establish rapport with you quicker if I understand how assertive you are naturally, how expressive you are naturally, and kind of go into, I talk about that quadrant, which I, I learned. Doc, uh, these are the books. These are some of my books. Non-Manipulative Selling by Dr. Tony Alessandra. He doesn't live far from you. He's down in San Diego now, one of my mentors. And uh, he's one of the fathers of the DISC system now. Mm -hmm. And he's one of the first persons that gave me the quadrants and helped me understand how you can be expressive or a driver or an analytic or an amiable person and Sometimes we naturally do it. If I go down south, I'm kind of naturally slowed down to the pace. 
You know, certainly if I go in like some fast New York click talker, no one's going to want to listen to me. Mm -hmm. So you kind of pace the way people are individually, establish some rapport, build comfort level. And I'm not being disingenuous. Think about it. If I was, say I was meeting the Queen of England, I'm a big hugger. There you go. Look at that stuff. Mm -hmm. I came up and hugged the queen. That would be inappropriate. But I would do what you do, and I'd still be me. There you go. You understand how that works. And the idea behind systems like this, and this goes all the way back to the ancient Greek philosophy. It's funny, the four quadrants. But it helps you identify how people are based upon, like I talk about, combination of assertiveness and expressiveness and what quadrants they might be in and you can work with them so that uh, they feel more comfortable with you look over there at influence outgoing enthusiastic optimistic high-spirited lively that'd be me naturally like right now but yeah. when i walk into the analytical down there just opposite that analytical reserve precise private and systematic if i come on in this influence area like crazy like me without moderating my my enthusiasm they'll just be like boom and they'll clock they'll just what is the sea anemone like a sea mm. anemone that gets poked yeah who can blame them this well it's like I, mm. you gotta watch it well jay I'm, one of the things that i've really learned to appreciate with you is that um you're sort of uh, a tie-dye of of many different profiles <laughs> And in fact, the photos, the image, the image in this illustration here, the colors are, are sort of matching your shirt here. So I think you you're an adaptable. I think you tend to lean towards, um, you know, influence. But at the same time, I think that you you possess traits from all of these profiles, which I think make you as dynamic of a human being that you are. And I have behavioral flexibility, which is what I ask people to do, is that they are naturally in one particular quadrant or another. But if they'll just have behavioral flexibility, again, not being disingenuous, not being a phony, but just have good manners, the same good manners you'd have if you were going to meet the queen. If you're naturally a hugger, like back off a little bit, you know, mm. have good manners. And if you meet someone that's that's more of a driver and they're more quiet and less expressive, then meet them at their spot where they are, how they are. Mm. that's what we recommend. And that builds rapport. And then the next thing, I mean, after you've got rapport, which rather than spending 30 minutes to get it, you can figure it out about 30 seconds based upon, if you study this a little bit and understand how people are wired, then you go ahead and you just ask some questions. And I'm actually going to show you RAIN, R-A-I-N, how to have a meeting. But ask some questions, like ask a question that says, if I'm selling a particular product that they use or have a problem with that solves a problem, I ask, how do you currently solve this problem for yourself? And then I'd be quiet. And maybe ask a few little bumper questions along the way mm. to keep it going until I understand it. And then I, for Rain, R-A-I, I got an idea, Mr. Smith. Can I share an idea I have based upon what you're explaining? I have an idea how maybe I can help you do better at that. How about that? Hmm. Are you interested? R-A-I. And then N is what's our next steps. And the N is 
really not, you got to buy it now. The N is, what do you think about that? Hmm. You want to investigate doing this with me and maybe we can make a few changes and it could be a better thing. Now take, take me through this again. We have R, A, I, and N for rain. Let's make it rain. So uh, guide me through this. What is the R? Let's get a visual here. R is rapport. You build rapport. Okay, got it. And the A is? A is ask. How okay. do they deal with the particular problem that you're there to solve currently with, before you? Perfect. So let's get a visual here. Then there's I. Interest and then next steps. And, and I is... I have an idea. Idea. Ah, okay, got Based it. upon asking them how they deal with the problem and a few little bumper questions, if if they say, well, you know, I just call this guy and do like this, and it's like the idea of asking is to ask how they solve the problem so you can understand, is it a problem? Or they might say, it's wonderful. Everything's perfect in every way. But a lot of times the problem you're there to solve or you think that they might be a prospect for they will explain how they deal with it currently. And then if you got a better way, then you say, I have an idea. I, I is for idea. And then give them an idea how maybe what you brought, what you have, what you can do can help make it better and serve them better. And then it's like, they'll probably be nodding like, mm. and then finally is next. What, what should we do next? I mean, in Love the that. light of this, Idea that's that's we have. What do we do next? Report I was, idea next steps. Now I was I was while you were saying this, I was doing a little Google search here, and I did not see in the first page uh, the blog post on the Rain framework, which means you need to coin this and you need to write your first blog post on the Rain method, the J Skinner Rain method. <laughs> and really uh, expand on rapport, ask, idea, next step. So um, I guess I just gave you some homework, but Thank only you. because Thank only you. because Thank I'm a fan, me. only because I'm a fan. Thank you. <laughs> um, all right, so you have the silver rule. You have the green rule. We know the gold rule. We Some of us know the platinum rule. Take the me, platinum take rule. me. Okay, so let's hold on a second. Let, let me mention the platinum rule because uh, the idea of having rules like that yeah. was... Well, I don't have a book here in front of me. It's over in the bookshelf. But Tony Alessandra wrote the platinum rule, which is do unto others as they want to be done unto. Yeah. That's the platinum rule. And then the silver rule, which came as a result of me doing my my weekly show, the buyers and sellers show that's on every it's live every Friday and it lives forever because it's available to people all the time. Um, but um the silver rule came out of this, which was do unto your vendors as you want your customers to do unto you. Yeah, think about that. I, I kind of think of karma or like in the Bible talks, you know, like what you sow, so shall you reap. And I think of these business owners that I deal with as the CEO extender and the work that I've done for many years, um, working with business owners all around the world. Sometimes they're complaining about things with their customers. But then I get a chance to hear or see how they deal with their vendors. And I think, well, no wonder. I was like, my the, the best one I got is they, they talk to their vendors. And when a vendor wants to sell them something, they say, okay, great. But I'm not paying 
till net 90. Some ridiculous number. 90 days. I'm not paying for 90 days. You want my business? You're going to have to set long terms like that. But then when they sell their product to their customer, they want to gripe and argue to get net 30. Yeah. It's like, what? Or why? It's, it's crazy. And then it's like, be consistent. Have integrity. If you're going to sell to people net 30, then you should be paying your vendors net 30. And what's better, why don't you pay your vendors net 20? Or even better, if it's 2%, 10, net 30, pay them in 10 without taking the 2% and make a friend for life. Yeah. That's what you should do. That's nice. That's important. Yeah. I think the my lesson in the platinum rule was uh, as, a, as a chocoholic. It's when I said, hey, my dog would love some of this chocolate bar because I love chocolate. So why wouldn't the dog love chocolate? Because I should do unto others as I want to be done to myself, which is, of course, an unlimited supply of chocolate. Yeah, the golden rule. (laughs) But, of course, in the platinum rule, we realize that you should not give chocolate to dogs. And uh, 24 hours later, I learned that lesson. And my dog was not shy to remind me that that should not happen again. Did he get sick? (laughs) Just a little yeah. upset. He, he didn't get. It's not. It's not. It wasn't. He didn't as die. He's okay. But he's a, He was. Okay. It was. But you knew. He you was don't okay. be giving him that much chocolate. But, yep. Yeah. But he's. Uh, yeah. Platinum rule. So uh, love that silver rule. Do unto your vendors as you want your customers to do unto you. I mean, I literally will be talking to, uh, uh, you know, clients that are I work with that I help. And it's like, well, how are you doing with these guys? Or how are you doing with these? And then, and trying to get them to think you got to be consistent. You got to have integrity. I don't, I I think it makes a difference. I don't know. I hope Mm. it does. Love that. Um, Let me take a stab at the green rule. Jay Skinner's green rule. Do for yourself what you are asking others to pay you to do for them. Once again, do for yourself what you're asking others to pay you to do for them. Take me through this. Well, when uh, when I'm if I was a cobbler and I was selling shoes and trying to get other people to pay me for great shoes, but then I didn't have any shoes or my shoes had holes in them, it wouldn't be very impressive. Mm-hmm. If I'm selling a car, let's let's say uh, I'm selling a a Tesla, but I run out back and they see me get into my Ford. I'm not doing it under myself what I'm asking others to pay me to do for them. If I'm doing um, digital marketing, working with somebody, which we can talk about that along the way. If we got business owners on here, they're all grappling about their digital marketing. Uh, if they're not, God bless them. They're doing good. But if I'm, asking them to do like stuff like go live, which is what we're doing right here. Okay. Or I'm asking them to get their own way and start doing speeches around town or maybe online. I better be doing it myself. Mm. Otherwise I'm a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. So do for yourself what you're asking others to pay you to do for them and to help them do and to help them learn how to do. Mm-hmm. It better be evident in my own life. 
just on and on. Well, yeah, I mean, I would I would even add to that and say whatever it is that you're selling, make sure you're buying it. Make sure that you are enjoying that lovely glass of Kool-Aid, um, hopefully a healthier version every single morning and the color of your choice, naturally colored, of course, mm -hmm. and that you're not just selling it to other people, you, you're enjoying it yourself. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So unpack this one. You don't have a sales problem. You have a don't know how to sell problem. Yeah. And uh, the, uh, well, it's a, you don't have a revenue problem. Uh, when, if I'm talking to a business owner, um, the, it's like he's sitting around looking for more money. And especially in some of these times when his vice president of sales has said, um, all the excuses why the economy is going down and our number one market is doing this. And, you know, it's like all these excuses. And he says, we've got a big revenue problem because of the economy, because of COVID, because of, because of, because of, because of. It's like, you know what? I'm certain that some of those things have a, you know, impact on what we're doing. But all it is is a kick in the butt to go do more prospecting, presenting, and closing. And, your sales department guys and marketing department people don't know how to work together to do smarketing, S-M-A-R-K-E-T-I-N-G, which uh, was, you know, I might mention our friends at HubSpot. Those guys invented that word back in the early 2000s, sitting around dreaming of things when they put sales and marketing together and realized that never the two should be, should be separated. But you have a problem because you don't even know what to do. I'm back to your guy that's supposedly in charge of sales, hasn't read a book in the last 20 years and is not involved with anybody to learn new things and get smarter and get better. Yeah. I mean, really, this is an old book. It's been around for a long time. It's a bestseller. It's the most read sales book in the history of the world. And uh, everybody should read it. And then they should do some of the stuff that's in it because it makes so much sense. So it's, it's awesome. But they and, that, and, that for, and that for folks is the Little Red Book of Selling by right. bestselling author Jeffrey Gittimer, a mutual friend of Jay yes. and I's. Uh, we, we, that's actually where we met at the um, Sales Mastery Gittimer Conference in Charlotte, North Carolina. That was yes. A, that was sweet. Um, exactly. Yeah. But so they, they need to know how to sell. They don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And they just do the same old thing. You know, like that definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting, expecting different, different response. Respo I mean, I, I hate to even say that because everybody knows what it is. Find me a different way to say the same thing. I would like to know. No, but I love that. that it, it makes it's well, no, it's a, it's a scientific thing that I think everyone needs to hear about. Um, very important. It's like uh, no change, no change. No, no change, change, no change. <laughs> Amen to that. I get it. In fact, the person. Oh, how about heard, this? Change is good. Yeah, there you go. By the way, shout out to Giovanni here. I have, his, I happen to have his magic card in front oh, of me right, right here. I remember that. Yeah, and he said in his in his talk at the at the conference, uh, no change, no change. And his website is GiovanniExperiences.com. And I think this is his cell phone, 800-257-9648. You should call him right now. 
<laughs> oh, that'd be fun. Everybody called Giovanni. Giovanni He's Rivera. A He's the well. Not only that, anybody's been to an NBA game and they see all the games and things that happen yeah. during timeouts and stuff, and people in the stands are shooting free throws and and there's clowns in the stands doing stuff. He invented that whole that whole thing. Yeah. Well, He's specifically the, the t-shirt of those shows. Yeah, the t-shirt yeah, throwing thing. In that's one of his specific uh, pieces of IP. He has a, he has mm -hmm. a patent on that. It's very interesting. Um, okay, great. So I, I wanted to kind of present this idea to you um, a few minutes before we close out here. It's this idea of a salesperson saying, hey, I don't really do marketing. And the marketing person saying, hey, I don't, I don't sell. And it's this idea of two completely disjointed uh, groups that are supposed to work in harmony with one another, the departments at least. Um, but a lot of the times it's uh, two different camps, two different experiences, two different mindsets. And I think what a, what a, what a loss. And I think now uh, what we're seeing is more of an integration and it's taken a long time. It's taken a very long time because, you know, even on HubSpot, when you, when you go to HubSpot, there's this, there's the marketing upgrade and then there's the sales upgrade. So even though, mm -hmm. you know, they have this idea of marketing. Um, you know, it's still a very separate thing that different departments, different groups might have to um, approve budgetary wise and then eventually leverage and use. So mm -hmm. what are some what are some uh, tips that you might give to a salesperson in a team, maybe in a big team, maybe mm -hmm. in a growing team on how to to keep their eye on that on that marketing prize? And then also someone on the marketing side, how can they keep their eyes on that sales sales side? How can we integrate um, these two functions and departments better well one of the things that's very important and is that change within a company comes from the top down and so if you're a middle manager recognizing problems within the company like this like you see sales and marketing not talking good things are not happening and you want to try to affect that change you just need to go to the owner's office and close the door and tell them we need this and you need to want to be the one to announce this that we're going to change things here and it's going to be a new world and you're going to have to support it every single day vocally because if you're in the middle and you're vice president of something but the president is not on board with your great idea everybody's going to be fighting you and fighting it. It's just the way of the world. Very seldom do I see anybody from the middle being able to uh, um, affect huge change within the organization without the support of the CEO and the owner and everybody that's above him in the pecking order. Mm -hmm. So if you got their support, then the big deal is we need, and you can go to, vjskinner.com and you begin to see some of my stuff there you go and uh, you can look at different tabs there but um, what you need to do is get agreement from the owner of that company and then he's going to make an announcement and everybody is going to could be as easy as we don't know exactly what this looks like but everyone we're all going to be working together and good things are going to happen. And we're going to not have the separation between sales and marketing that we've had for years or the tension that goes along with it. Maybe you tear down some walls, maybe put them all in the same bullpen. One thing's for darn sure that the sales department has to be part 
of the conversation and the decision as it relates to making website changes and brochures and and uh, uh, trade show booths. There needs to be a theme that they all can get on board with and they all talk about and they develop together. And the marketing people need to make sure that what they're doing is sales oriented, that's designed to draw people in so that they will want to do a sale with you. And the sales guys have to understand this is that they're not just shooting rifle shots, but what they're trying to do is create a brand and brand awareness so that people, whenever they think of whatever problem you solve, the name of you and your company is just going to pop into their mind and they won't even know why it's there. And everybody's got to work to those ends. So if all of a sudden I need a hot dog, I already know is Oscar Mayer. And I haven't had a Oscar Mayer hot dog in a billion years, I don't think. But boy, is that in my head. And if I want toothpaste, what's the first one in your mind? Crest. And if I want a plastic palette, Jay Skinner, the plasticpalletguy.com. Of course. No one knows more about plastic palettes in the world than me. Period. Mm -hmm. If you want help as a CEO, someone that can jump in, stand by your side and do projects that you just don't have time to get done. You want the CEO extender, of course. I will talk about our friend. If you want the greatest salesman on earth, you want the king of sales, Jeffrey Gittimer, look that up. What other brands are out there? It's a combination of sales and marketing working together to create brand awareness that goes into people's heads so they don't know why, but they're drawn to you. And then for the sales guys, now they don't have to close. They just have to provide the information, make an area for everyone to feel comfortable so they can make a buying decision. Mm. Well, I think there's some, <clears throat> there's some nuggets in there. I think the first one is, is, you know, how many people have the audacity to say, I am the X of Y, you know, I am the king of sales. I am the expert on plastic pallets. I am the expert on video selling software you know who who has the guts to do that in this day and age to actually put their flag in the ground and to to say what they want to say about, about themselves and not wait for other people to do it for them and mm -hmm. and in fact what's so interesting about this if you make this your your life goal and your life dream and you start to brand yourself like that and there's blog posts and there's videos and there's podcast interviews with that title jay skinner the the CEO extender, Jay Skinner, yep. the plastic palette expert, Jay Skinner, the host of the Buyers and Sellers Show. All of a sudden now those become the search results and you've effectively created your own fate. Yep. And that's what I'm doing right now. And in the process of doing that, after spending 30 years uh, with uh, an internet company that started in 1993, when the internet was still in DOS on billboards or bulletin boards. How about that? 1993, we had pallets.com and we started a plastic pallet company. I was joined, I joined the owner of that company. It was just he and I, and we built Stratus Plastic Pallet Company and sold twice through private equity and all that good stuff. But we built a high quality plastic pallet company that was all over the world. And as a result of that, I've got customers and had customers on every continent except for Antarctica. I'm thankful for that. And I need a customer in Antarctica if you can help.
<laughs> cool. Well, Jay Skinner, I really appreciate you. I encourage people to go to your websites, thejskinner.com, uh, uh, LinkedIn, Jay Skinner, G J A Y, excuse me, S K I N N E R. Um, your podcast, your video show is the Buyers and Sellers Show. Very easy to find. Um, Twitter, you can be found on a um, lot of good stuff here, pdtassociates.com. So I encourage people once again to, to make a connection with Jay on the interwebs and to reach out to him because he's a legendary guy and he's a musician. So he holds, holds a little place in my heart. So maybe you could, you could play us out here. I'm going to Kansas city, Kansas city. Here I come. Yeah. Well, I'm going to Kansas city. Kansas City, here I come. Whoa. Nice. <laughs> what a showman. Well, Jay Skinner, thank you so much. Really appreciate you. Thanks for having me, Ruben. It's been a blast. Love you, man. Thank you. Likewise, man. Right back at you. See you, my friend. <laughs>